0: Good evening, folks. Good afternoon. Good morning. The Burt is back. It is only like two minutes late. Which pop? Um, I'm here to discuss two of the premier professional wrestling programs in the world. Which programs you ask? Very simple. WWF Monday Night Raw and NWA Power. Um all the stars are here, very exciting, these are obviously the shows you've subscribed for and become a patron for, very very excited to explore, especially NWA power, it is a new week, there was no shows yesterday, um, so you know, much to get into, let me tweet some links and then let's get this show on the road, I hope everyone is well, I'll see if you are well in a minute, I'll look at the chat, you may not be, in which case i sorry to hear that, uh, let me tweet here. Um, tonight the thirty-one returns, not in traditional fashion. It's the holidays, or it was the holidays. So Bobby gave his whole team uh, some time off, and instead, you're going to get a compilation show of all that has happened so far. Uh, just quickly to explain, uh, yesterday it was you know I, I was aware it was July fourth, which apparently is a big deal. Um, joke. Um, and I had a lot of. <clears throat> stuff to kind of file through on the uh, the work front, um, mostly the fact that I'd realised that Monty was uh, actually needing some help, which, you know, <laughs> being a piece of shit was completely lost on me for the last four months. So I, I was messaging him and figuring stuff out and looking over stuff. And um, just to be clear, that was absolutely not what I was doing most of the day, Monty, but I like to, you know, um, frame myself as sort of hero here. But uh, I, I did not have as much time as i wanted i couldn't really prioritize impacts against all odds events so no shows yesterday but the burt you know will live as the burt does um mlw i don't know what that means i that tv pop all right i know this is a joke i'm very aware it's a joke and the pal mad king is a very, 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 very uh, positive member of our community. I enjoy his insight in the chat. However, we do need to have this conversation as a family. The Burt is a daily show, and WWE does a lot of shows each week, okay? Sometimes it is easier and, frankly, more enjoyable to discuss Raw for 20 minutes half an hour then do questions than it is to just do an hour of speculation about AEW dynamite it's very important for my mental health i will go a step further and say that i actually quite enjoy raw i do not pretend i can be accused of many things but pretending to like wrestling i feel is one i am pretty much clear on so while i know you may be joking mad king this has been a sentiment, there has genuinely been some cancelled patrons based on the fact that I have talked about WWE more, if you feel betrayed by this, again, not you specifically Mad King, but if you feel betrayed generally, then I don't know what to tell you man, it's a wrestling platform, we can't just do seven days of AEW content each week, I have to say this, I have to get this off my chest, because it's been quietly driving me fucking crazy, so Okay, with that in mind, let's proceed. I'm gonna look at what else in the chat here. There's a new TV deal, I guess, is what the is what the deal is. I owe that. Is that real? Bro, I'm actually gonna buy this one. Like I'm told the buddy match is so electric and I, I genuinely would like um I genuinely would would like to see uh to actually go full physical media at the Contrarian Alex with this thing, you know? I want to see the Garcia education. I, mean, I, could, I could probably get on higher spots at some point, but you know, it popped me the idea of actually buying the DVD, which I've never genuinely never ever done with PWG. So pop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys, I, I got a little bit, I have to be honest guys. I got a little bit daring on the hair front. And if you can tell, but I got a little bold, I think. Um, it pops me very much, but I'm not sure it looks good. There's lots of talk about this. This is spiteful, he has lots of hair. Um, All right, I'm gonna proceed now. Um, Raw was pretty good, yeah, we'll get into it in a second. This is, to be clear, I want it, this is actually very, very important. Anyone, I have multiple friends who have unsubscribed from the Patreon. I I have no, there's nothing wrong with anyone choosing what they want to pay for. It's very important, I stress that. I know, I have no, you know, obviously, watch what you want to watch. I appreciate this, firstly, but watch what you watch. There's 101 options. I've just mentioned high spots. I, that thing has so much stuff on it. So, that wasn't, but when we, when people leave, you have exit surveys, to be clear. This isn't me just guessing. There were actually multiple people that were, like, mad about the WWF stuff. That's that's why I brought it up. I wasn't just um, upset about cancelled patronage. So, nonetheless, um, I appreciate this. Thank you very much. But I'm aware there's very many options. That isn't me judging anyone who's like, I don't want to see these white dudes talk about wrestling anymore. Absolutely fine. Nothing nothing wrong with that. Um, All right. Sergio Backer is returning to Milwaukee Bucks. That was 22 hours ago, Joe. Fair. Um, The Michael Jordan edition, 2K23, owned. Um, Let's talk about Raw. Okay. Again, holiday edition, right? You get what you get, I suppose. Um, Bob Lash opened things up which rules he is the top babyface on the show, which rules he's the new United States champion, which rules. We basically talked about this as an option, as a possibility um, a few weeks back, uh, you know, in regards to what this could do for Raw as a show. And like WWE in general is kind of just without a world champion right now. So that makes it even more important. But Raw, it appears that when Roman will be around, he'll be on SmackDown. So Raw really needs a strong US champion to kind of be their de facto world champion. And not only is Bob Lash that, but he's also, better yet, um, he's basically said as much. His promo here was, you know, maybe no one ever accused Bobby of being Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan. Dusty Rhodes. Um, (laughs) I did my bit and fucking pulled it immediately. (laughs) Oh... No, no one ever accused Bobby of being of being Dusty Roads, but you know he he was he was pretty confident here. And he, his promo was basically that, you know, the man makes the title, right? So no one no one in Derby can beat me for this. Effectively saying, for the sake of arguments, I'm the world champ around here, which I think is the right way to go. And and um, you know, Bobby's a great fit for that. He has a history of that belt. He was a very, very, very dominant. Um, Uh, US champ, so, you know, I think it's a a very logical, very logical fit, honestly. Um, He was interrupted by Fury, sorry to hear that. I have to say there's layers to this Fury thing. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this at great length. He may be, like, the legitimate worst name change they've ever done. Now, I don't care, none of us care, so, like, I get not making a big dip, but, like, his name's Fury, dude. Like, what the fuck? Because there can't be another Austin? Ever? There'll never be another person called Austin, first or last name? The dude's called Fury. Puzzling. Anyway, they did a segment, you know, the WWE segments very much operate within that familiar playbook and, uh, It was fine. It was well executed enough. Uh, Both guys were back later for a trios match, which I did enjoy very much. Segment itself was whatever. Theory is very much just like a blank slate of nothing. He's just, there isn't really much of a hook with him. Um, He's very much the, the template for what a Bruce Pritchard or a Vincent Mann looks for, which, you know, good for them, but it doesn't make for particularly compelling TV. What does make for compelling TV, though, and has now for almost 30 years, is um, Ray Mysterio Jr. wrestling on television. Last night, he was back in San Diego for the first time in 10 years to wrestle. I'm sure he's gone back, you know, just for sort of occasion. His first time wrestling there in 10 years, I believe, is what he said. It was Dominic's first time wrestling there. And, um... They had a tag match with uh, Judgment Day, Finn Balor, and uh, Damian Priest. Now, there's a lot of good here. I like the match a lot. Um, Dom looked better than usual. Much of that was uh, he's he's dynamic with Finn, who you know sometimes you can take for granted how good Finn is, and then you see him kind of basing for Dominic's kind of sloppy, weird lucha, and it's like, well, fuck. I mean. You know. He kind of made him look good, almost. Very impressive. I have to say that in a different world, in another time, Finn and Priest is like a really kind of badass team. Like, it kind of rules, you know? Um, they kicked the shit out of the babyfaces here when they had the heat, and they had some really cool cutoffs, offs They were like an actual good team. Unfortunately, uh, they are a complete and utter, just absolute goon squad um the finish here was not anything you know devastating for those guys because it was the eddie spot with the chair and that was great and they had a couple you know it was it was a nice finishing stretch they did an eddie tribute kick out and then did the chair spot which i thought was very you know was pretty cool um and it obviously protects them because it's, they didn't get pinned or anything but even still you very much they're a prelim act like you can tell just by the way they're presented they're a prelim act even though they didn't get pinned here um, and look, that's, that is where he is. The, the kind of vibe of the group is very lame, I think. Um, I think they need to give Finn a chance to kind of reshape it in his own mould because I think Finn's actually pretty cool and you would not know it in this group because this group is not cool at all. But I think the idea at core um, is that Rear is like the leader of the group or the ace. That seems to be the way they presented them on the one week they're all together. Um, So without her, it's like, I don't think there's much interest internally in pushing these guys. They're just kind of a thing on the show, which, you know, at least they were a good thing on the show here, I guess. They did a nice deal, I thought, structurally with um, the way they used the hot tag. So, like, they got some heat on Ray very briefly brought in Dom, and Dom, and this is saying that I thought the Street Profits and Usos kind of fucked up on Saturday. I've got a review of that match coming out um, at the end of the show actually, but they gave you like an, a Dominic hot tag that allowed the audience to exhale and let the pressure come out of those pipes, but immediately cut him off in a way that actually was surprising and like dramatic, I thought. And then they went to the break, came back, did a little more heat and brought in Ray for the actual hot tag. And I thought it was a good example of how just giving people a little bit of a Dominic hot tag is better than doing nothing at all, which is what I did on, on Saturday in the tag match. Obviously that match was better than this, but I, I thought that was a good example of, um, you know, of kind of the way to play around that stuff. Yeah. To be clear, I, I want to stress this again, Mad King, always appreciate what you add to the, 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 uh, the chat. I was using your comment as a vehicle to talk about something bigger. I just, you know, I got to a point with the AW talk where it was just too much for me. I think you guys could tell on the shows, it was driving me nuts. Um and, you know, I just kinda wanna talk more broadly. And this and to be clear, that doesn't mean WWE, that means a whole lot of stuff. And I'm about to talk about power at the end of this segment. Um I did fusion last week. There's a lot of wrestling for Japan that I need to be watching within, you know, Lucha, classic Lucha Volume One Tonight of Oracle. So it's a whole thing. I'm just using Doby as my bridge because I'm more familiar, and then when I get more familiar elsewhere, I can do that too. So uh, there you go. Um, yeah, this was a leak, right? Do we all agree on this? I, I'm, I'm not here to uh, insinuate anything. I have the utmost respect for one. Sean Ross Sap, wasn't very good to me. But, like, this was an edge thing, right? Him feeding. He must have fed that he didn't want to be spookified because the vignette is very, like, law-heavy. And also, there's no spookiness in Judgment Day anymore. They're just guys. So, I don't know. Um, I think he just knew it was sinking, to be honest with you. Anyway, I like the match. I actually would recommend it if you haven't if you like Ray. I think it's a really cool spot to see him in because he just looks so good. Seeing him at home, getting a chance to wrestle with Finn a little bit. Nice match, man. I liked it. Um, there is this Logan Paul business that is being handled. Um I am not particularly familiar with Logan Paul, and I'm almost certain he's problematic in some way. So first, let me just leave by saying, I'm sorry to say what I'm about to say. He does seem like he's going to be a natural. Um, I haven't seen his match at I didn't watch that part of the show. Um, and I never went back to it, because at the end of the day, there's a lot of rest I can catch up on, and it ain't going to be Logan Paul. Um, but from what I can gather, he did really well. He seems to get it. Monty has informed me of a concern of his that I think could be real, which is that Monty is convinced that he's a guy who sees himself as a baby face and that is going to be a challenge. Um, so, you know, that feels relevant here, but they're doing this deal where they're setting up him and Miz in some form or fashion. I think the pay-per-view match is actually, um, Logan Paul and AJ Styles versus Tommaso Champa and the Miz, which I don't necessarily know the kind of content that Logan Paul produces. Um, on YouTube, but if he does, like, vlogs and stuff, the idea of AJ Styles <laughs> popping up in this 20-year-old's vlogs, fucking, you know, smashing his video game console, whatever AJ does these days, intrigues me. Um, the idea that there's going to be, like, you know, people that don't like wrestling at all, you know, exploring and finding out about AJ Styles, who I believe is 45 now, has been wrestling for 20 years. That's ain't funny, That. Anyway, AJS with Mears, it was whatever. And then they did a Champer attack. The angle with Champer and Mears is that Champer is just like protects him every turn, which, sure. Liv Morgan got the big um, hour point. You know, they give a big video package, big entrance when the show went into the second hour. Liv got a great reaction. She cut a promo. Here's the thing, folks. I've seen a lot of people take a stand against the excitement for Liv Morgan. A lot of people have stood for it said, I'm going to do it. You're going to do what? They said, I'm going to do what no one else is brave enough to do. And they, you go, well, what's that? You know? Like, I'm going to say it, man. Say it. Well, I'm going to say Liv Morgan's not that good. And they put their microphone down like this. They sit proudly. And it's like... I even saw it last night during this promo. People are like, you know, she's not a good promo. And she's like, listen, man, professional wrestling is not consistent in what works and what doesn't work. If you go through wrestling history, there are many a wrestler who simply connect with people. All right. Is Liv Morgan a great promo. Not really. No. Do I think she's terrible? No, I don't. You might think she is. I don't think she is. But I'm telling you, you can turn your nose up here. You can look the other way. She fucking connects with these people. She is endearing and charming in a way that is genuinely unique on that roster. I'm being serious here. She is a sincere baby face in a promotion. Very, 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 very thin on those. And she is over. Does that mean her skill set is as good as, you know, I don't know who. Someone else? Here, okay, here, let's do this. Is she as skillful as Mustafa Ali? No. Absolutely not. Has she connected in a major way with that audience? Yes. Is she someone they should feature as a top baby face? Yes. Maybe not the top babyface, but a top babyface. Do I think her reign's going to be particularly good? To be honest with you, probably not. No. But I don't even think that's a live thing or a WWE thing. That's just kind of wrestling, dude. She's one of those characters who part of the appeal is that she's always fighting uphill. Now, that doesn't mean you have to kick the shower out of her and have her lose every week, which to be clear, they haven't done. She's won her last five matches, which is hilarious. But there is a, a bizarre pushback on the Liv Morgan thing that is just it ain't that complicated, brothers. People like her. <laughs> Let's roll with it, you know? Good for Liv. Um, her energy and her little kind of enthusiasm is infectious. That was the key with this promo. Again, she's not going to blow you away with content or ideas, but I thought she did a nice job, and the people really liked her. So there you go. She was cut off by Natalia. Can't win them all. This led to a tag match with Liv and Bianca Belair um, versus. Natalya and Carmelo, I actually thought this was pretty uh, smart matchmaking in the sense that it was a match that had some logic to it and had a little meat to it, but, like, the finish you could do very, very easily about overthinking, which was Liverpool and Natalya, which I was concerned that they would do something more, you know, dramatic, you know, um, and try and make it more confusing. When I saw Sean post the picture of Bianca and Liv, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to do one of those matches And uh, they did not do that. Very simple. We do have to have a meeting, team meeting, not you or uh, me, but the Raw Women's Division needs to have a discussion and SmackDown for that matter now about how they take the oblivion. Um, I've now seen, I think, three straight women take this thing on their knees. Uh, If ever there was a time to be getting rid of the influence of one Glenn Jacobs, it's now. This must stop. It is the oblivion. At all costs, this move could not be taken this way. The audi- even the audience that loves live is like, "Well, Jesus, that looked bad. Bad idea." Um, perfect example here, right? Measure up, live on the skill chart to Charlotte, and you're going to get a clear answer. But anyone that has any awareness of the show and the audience knows that you're better to push live right now. It's a perfect example. Um, so anyway, uh, I will. I'd like to actually. One little thing that popped me here: the cut off into the heat was really clear, was really cool. They did a deal where. Bianca, like, slid through, and Kamala fucking super kicked her head into the ring post. It was really cool. I mean, it fed into, like, an ad break, but kind of surprised me how violent it was. Those ring posts seem really useful. They seem to make a lot of noise. Have you guys seen those? You know those big fucking LED things they have in the corner, of the ring posts? They look really garish. I don't know if they hurt or not, but they make great noise. Like, guys only have to, like, touch them, and they fucking explode. What happened here? But that was okay. Um, by the way guys If you want to start putting comments in the chat I'll questions in the chat I will probably get them to them in the second half of the show So you can start putting them there and then I'll scroll We also have one email You can send those now If you ever have a, a good question That is not uh, while we're on the air Or it's a big question, a long question And you quite frankly don't trust me to remember Your super chat or your DM Which I have been very bad at throughout the last uh, year Then you can just now Send to the mailbag grinnercircle at gmail.com. We have one over there, which is pretty which is pretty fun. Um, it's the kind of question that I definitely would forget if someone DM'd me, so you can do that. I always felt kind of grimy about the idea that the only way you could definitely get your question answered is by fucking by sending a super chat, like we're, or we're doing like a, a goddamn um, you know, donation stream or something. It's weird and like it, so you can just email whenever. Now I'll get to it eventually. Especially, it could be sank specifically for like Oracle, Bob, shoot, whoever. So, you can always do that now. GrinnerCircle at gmail.com. All right. A couple of things on Raw before we move on. Perhaps my favorite thing of the show. Well, I don't know. I love seeing Ray. Bob Lash teamed up with the Street Profits versus the aforementioned Theory and Alpha Academy. Um, this is not one for the spreadsheet, it's not a classic or anything. But man did Bobby Lashley have fun with the Street Profits. They really connected it felt like. At one point Montez did the delayed suplex with um with Bobby which was awesome. Dawkins, something's going on with Dawkins, guys. And this is not me reporting. I think it's very clear I have no sources at all let alone um let alone, you know, WWE ones. But I have to say there's something going on. With Angelo Dawkins. I'm wondering if. I just got this feeling. They're going to do something outrageous. Now I really like Angelo Dawkins. But one of the plot lines on the show. That is raw. Is that he is like leveled up as of late. Which I actually think is true to be clear. But it's being so pronounced you know. So. Aggressively Outward. Though I cannot help but wonder, are they going to do something nuts here? Are they going to fucking split this team up and make Dawkins the singles guy? I don't think so, right? But to be quite frank, they've done crazier things in the past and he's the bigger man and I could absolutely see a world in which... Bruce Pritchard convinces himself that indeed Angelo Dawkins is the star of the Street Profits. If so, we could see some interesting results ahead, but I've always worth mentioning. He did have a great moment in his match where he wiped out Fury, which looked fucking awesome. I want to stress again, I've been very impressed. It just feels pronounced in a way that's maybe slightly telling. That's all. Um, Nonetheless, the match was really good. Love seeing Gable in there with anyone, but him and Lashley have a really nice thing in-ring. Obviously, it's completely undercut by the comedic whole shit, and Otis fucking vomiting and just bullshit, you know, but that's the kind of stuff that you, you kind of – that's the kind of stuff that, to me, puts a big-time ceiling on, like, just watching the product in a kind of vaguely normal fashion, you know? Well that's what I've said about AEW before. Is I actually think it's quite palatable for like just normal functioning human beings. Um which is hilarious because of all the casual fan stuff. And whenever I see segments, I always think, well, what does that what does the casual fan do with this then? They like pop. Like the joke was that he just like ate too much and vomited. Man. Like it's not I feel like this is like the worst thing they stuff they do. I like this this is him stuff's embarrassing, you know. I like it, it's nothing to do with him. It's just, I'm always intrigued by that, you know, that whole discussion. Oh man, they appeal to a wider audience. Like, who is this for? Like, kids, I guess? I don't know. Is this even funny to kids? I don't know. Gunther killed our Truth. Um, Corey announced him like he was, you know, Ivan Drago, which, fair. Um, I guess that's what was the idea was here. It was, you know, he was Uncle Sam, R Truth was. And, um, there was a lot going on here, man. There's a lot of layers. I don't know. It was first time really seeing the Gunter presentation on WWE TV, Main roster TV. Uh, it's kind of cool, I guess. I mean, it's. I don't want to say it's like, because the thing is, if I'm being real, like his act was always kind of. Um, it leaned on certain stereotypes, <laughs> so when you give that to them, they fucking turn it up hundred. <laughs> No, it really does feel like he's just in Rocky Four, which, you know, is a choice. But um, yeah, whatever. I didn't really get over much live either. They did some USA chance, but I didn't seem to give a shit. So main event: Asker and Becky Lynch. Um, this was a little too plunder reliant for me. It was good TV, and they kicked the shit out of each other. And it was wild, and had you know, it was fun. But it was just a little sloppy and kind of it, the leaning on weapons. There with these fucking matches these days, man. It's no holds well. Can someone just punch the other? I, everything's weaponry now, you know? It's not even just them. It's like, it's so cookie cutter. Everything's like this now. It's a shame. But I will say, Askar, I think she's main evented like 80% of them at Raw since she came back. And these two have given the show an awful lot. We actually were kind of ahead of a curve on the Raw Women's Division thing. And while this wasn't my favourite, I still liked it. It was fun. Like, it can't be overstated how much they've given this show in the absence of Alton and Cody, who were their top two guys. So, and I guess Seth, whoever, um, who wrestled Ezekiel. But that was in my notes because who cares. Um, but, you know, it was good. And hopefully Asuka has something now to fall back on. They did an interesting deal before this with um, Alexa and Asuka, where Alexa was, like, saying she's going for the title. And then Asuka said, I'm back, I'll be Becky and go for the title. So I don't know if they're building, God forbid, to another multi-person match where it's like Carmella, Alexa, Becky, Bianca, Asuka, whoever. Because Carmella hasn't had a match yet, which they're definitely doing. Like, they've continued to build it, you know. So I'm slightly concerned about that. I'm almost wondering if it's because they don't know when Rhea's going to be back. So Like, they're kind of... if They could do Alexa and Becky for the number one contendership for the SummerSlam match, and in that case, you'd assume Becky, but I do think there's a chance maybe, just maybe, what they do is she drops that one to continue the definitely existing spiral things happening. And then she does one of those promos, you know, I have to be on SummerSlam, I'll wrestle anyone on SummerSlam and out comes, you know, Bailey or someone. I could see them doing that, and then Election Bianca Bianca's kind of a weird match. I would be concerned about it from a crowd perspective, in terms of making people pick, because I think it would have kind of a. I think it could be a banana peel in that sense for, for like, you know, the the champs' Rain, because I think people can get weird in those situations. Always, I've been consistent on that. You know, when you have a baby face, that people kind of they like, but has been kind of floating underneath. When you bring them up, I always think you risk the audience just picking, which. Wouldn't be ideal, but I guess I just edit it out, so fuck it. So I'm I'll be interesting. Hopefully, hope rears back, and maybe that will give us some answers. But We're going to talk about power in a second. But first, um, I'm going to see if there's any. Actually, I'll do the questions after. I'll start with one about Higuchi and Yoshimura, because um, this is not a long. Actually, I'm going to do this very, very quickly, because it's the NWA. Uh, Cardona opened the show with a promo. He is doing the real world champion thing. He did do a very good bit where he opened the show like it was Raw and said, "Welcome everybody to NWA Power," which popped me. Um, so, by the way, that's like a thing on Raw. Do you guys know that's a thing on Raw? Like, like they, like it's a thing that you get given the honor of like opening the show and saying, "Welcome to Monday Night Raw." Has that always been a thing? It was always been a thing since I started watching it again, and I didn't remember it being quite so formal. And then Fury came out and was like, why do you get to open it? Is it like a Saturday Night Live? I don't know what's going on. Anyway, dude, this is not a studio show right now. They're kind of just booking tapings. And I think this is from when they did Always Ready, I think. It was around that time. The atmosphere of this TV taping is honestly, it may be like the worst thing I've ever seen. Not because they're, like, rowdy or booing or, like, being dicks. They are just so uninterested by everything on the show. It's awful, dude. It's so bad. It's like MLW Fusion with the sound turned down lower. This episode of Power has 46,000 views. That is outdrawn by last week's MLW Fusion at 61,000. I believe both of those are down quite dramatically from where they were even a year ago, two years ago, which is a shame, but... Unfortunately, there's the lot of bad wrestling. Speaking of such, there is very little good wrestling on this show. I would actually go as far as to say there is no good wrestling on this show. There was one angle that popped me for content's sake, because I was going to make a whole bit out of it, where Rodney Mack, yes, that one, did an interview and said that he had been inspired by a mystery man who had been helping him out of the ring. Not, like, to get out. I mean, like, helping him outside of the ring. And... uh This popped me huge and I was like going to do a bit where I had a bunch of candidates and like you know talked it through and got like all excited about different options and said it was Greg Gagne, and then it was just Aaron Stevens. At this point Tim Storm asked multiple times but does Rodney Mack need a mentor? Fair question. Um, It was explained to him by Joe Galley that in fairness Aaron Stevens is a national and tag team champion so you can always learn in this business, which, true. Um, the main appeal of this show to me was the rematch of La Rebellion versus uh, Commonwealth Connection in know Lucha Rules main event. And I'm sorry to report this match got five minutes and absolutely sucked. So, that was NWA Power. They are really struggling. There is some decent talent on that show. But I have to say, with all, let, with all love, it is one of the most um unappealing professional wrestling rosters I have ever seen. There are people on the show that are that have promised that there's a role to play but have no kind of um appeal for a national promotion. And man does it show. If you sent I'm saying you guys look up the card, pull it up in front of you and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's it's gross, mate. It's bad. It's a real shame. So there you go. Have you watched Tagushi Yoshimura? I don't know if familiar with either man uh, but I imagine they'll pop you. I know it's unlikely Bob would ever watch it, but he'd love both guys. So I didn't watch it in full, but we had a feature, a review um, on WrestlePeriods that I edited. And when I do those, I generally try to get like a just an idea so that when I'm editing, I don't like fuck up the narrative, you know? Uh, you always got control of the narrative, as we know. So I kind of watched, like, I went on Twitter and looked at the, some of the clips that Bill posted and the Gips Bill posted. It looked really good. The review we had of it was very, very favourable and it was, was one of the best matches of the year. I'm aware, you know, Higuchi, it was like his big moment and big win after kind of falling short in that regard. Um, and the presentation looked awesome with, you know, the, uh, Jim putting the belt around he's, 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 um, his waist and his faction being. I forgot the faction there, so I was trying to think of them, but I forget. Um and he had like the roads where it was in them, I I saw bits and pieces of it as you can tell, but I didn't watch it I mean maybe I should at some point, but um, there's a cool review over on Purius about right now, speaking of such I have a cool review that's dropping on Purist in 23 minutes, when this show ends it's of the Uso Street Profits match, which I loved but had some very noticeable flaws, which I get into in the review, and you know we kind of got into on a Sunday's review, right, so there you go um okay i'm scrolling yeah the the uh the street profit split is one of those things where it's like in a vacuum i actually think it's probably the right move i wouldn't split them in a way where um like they do an angle but i would kind of have tez go as his own and just have dawkins have them kind of operate on their in their own lane without splitting them so that you can always go back to it for tv because i think they're really good tv together I actually think Montez is like one of the guys to push. So in a vacuum, I think it's right. But the problem is, as you mentioned, there are like no teams left standing once you do that, which is, you know, you get what you get, I suppose. Tyson Fury talks with WWE. via give me sports and eh, whatever, I mean, I think he wants to do it. So Question. And we have a good one in our emails about our uh, fresh. This is a good way to kind of do first. Now that we're on the long road to all out, early predictions of the top match on the guard FTR Young Bucks, CM Punk versus John Moxley. Um, Woman's title is so difficult, man. Like, so difficult. I'm going to go with Rosa versus Ruby Soho, who I think will beat Ty in a TV program. Eddie versus Jericho in an I quit match. Um, Danielson. I'm going to say Danielson versus. I'm going to say Danielson, Claudio, and Uta versus the House of Black, who would have just finished their program with there's my top end. I don't love that, actually, to be honest with you, but that's that's my just rough guesses. I didn't have a chance to think about it. And honestly, if I did, I'd probably be bad at it anyway, so. Uh, You get what you get. Yeah, they showed replays of the vomit, dude. Filth. Why the lack of work punches in wrestling these days? Well, it's a good question. And it's one that I generally avoid in my analysis. Because it's like, I don't want to be the lad that does the, you know, it used to be better thing. But like, with all due respect, it's a problem. And I mentioned it in the pay-per-view review of um, Forbidden Door that Miro actually stands out because he throws punches. Everyone throws forearms and open-handed strikes, and like he just throws punches. Dawkins, who we were just talking about, actually has a great punch. I think it's because a lot of today's wrestlers are influenced by guys who lent more on chops, forearms, slaps. And that isn't even an insult. Like, that's just commentary. I think that's actually a real thing. And it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, the more that guys borrowed from, you know, their favourite All Japan guy's friend, you know, like, fucking Masao is the obvious example, right? With a forearm or elbow, whatever. It just leans more and more. And so now, like, if you're a wrestler breaking the business now, who do you look at and go, Man, that guy's got a great punch. I want to kind of model it after that. It's, there's hardly any, right? So I think it's an influence thing. I also think it's just harder to do because forearms, a lot of the guys are making contact, right? They're hitting here. And so um you can kind of do that in a way that doesn't kill the opponent, but looks pretty good because you are making contact. Punch take, is a little bit more of an art form from what I can gather. So I think that's part of it. Um, pop, bigger pop. Joe, do you think WWE goes full triller and runs a Logan Paul Tyson Fury match? Absolutely, could be the case. Um, Tyson Fury has talked about wanting to box Dwayne the Rock Johnson in an exhibition. So, yeah, that doesn't feel that doesn't feel unfeasible at all. The way they keep leaning on Alexa, I'm not Liv's friend. I think she'll maybe move over if Liv keeps the belt. Um, probably the problem with this stuff is I never know if this is like actual creative or it's just Alexa trying to add some sense of color to what they've given her because she definitely sold the friend thing like she was annoyed by it. Which pop, I don't know if you guys saw, I mean, I didn't see actually, I'm not listening to that shit. But Ryan Satin did an interview with the aforementioned Fiendess, and I was sent a quote from a friend of mine who gets quotes in which. Alexa spent the first five minutes of the interview explaining that she's aware she's very boring and doesn't, you know, really want to play herself on TV. Which is one of the better bits I've seen in uh, recent times. What I think is most funny about this is the fact that she's absolutely being asked to play herself on TV. <laughs> so I think she could definitely chase live. I think she's going to be turning heel pretty soon is what I'm getting at. I think she fucking hates just being, you know, babyface four with the, with the doll. So I think you'll see her being kind of, you know, Mean Girl will Alexa soon. So what I'd guess is whether it's Bianca or Liv, that's where they're going, would be my assumption. But we'll see. Um, Where's the Late Night Green buying the NWA next week? Um, I did not watch Against All Odds. I didn't really have time. I heard it was good. I'm sure it was, right? I've said before, those shows are always good, dude. Like, everyone works hard, you know? Um, boy, I can gather best stuff in NWA is Cardona kicking the shit out of the company from Game Plan. It absolutely is, and worst of all, it's the audience's favorite thing too. He really uns outside of the studio where it's like kind of you know people are playing their part. He doesn't really get heat for like Duncan in the NWA. People kind of fuck with it, honestly, which is you know <laughs> speaks to your point. Really, I saw uh, the finish to Saturday have Squash. Yes. It popped me. It did pop me. Joseph on a scale of one to Dusty. How much is Joe Doreen just fucking pro wrestling all caps? He rules. I saw some clips of his match with, um, with Josh. He looked pretty good. He is absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's, I don't think I'm speaking. that turn to say that he's, you know, just an absolute living, breathing, lovely to Stan Hansen. That's obviously the vibe. And he's been that way for the longest. He has a couple title matches, man. I want to say around, I'd say eight years ago, seven years ago, he has a couple triple crown title matches that are like unbelievably, like match of the year level good. And no one really cared about them then, but I did. So, Joe Doran rules. Rosa versus Sheeta, I hate her all out. Sheeta feels so like, and I think there's circumstances to it because of like her not being around that much, I guess. She's been working in Japan more often. But, like, it really feels like she's just not in the picture at all. But like we're doing these depth charts right now for us. periods and trying to and get them ready. And it's like, I don't even know what to do with Sheila. Like, she feels like she should be higher, but she's also hardly ever on the shows, you know? It's weird. I think Rosa vs. Jay, by the time we get to All Out, um, hopefully she still hasn't been beaten and has to relinquish the TBS belt rather than lose it so they can keep the unbeaten gimmick for longer. That's interesting. I would probably honestly unless I think Mercedes is coming in. I'd probably beat her and then do the world title thing just that we can have some kind of some kind of range within there, you know. I always think you have to be careful with the unbeaten thing. I think it can be a real crutch. <clears throat> I am gonna watch NXT. Yes, the show does look good. Rod Strong is in a tag title match with the Creed brothers. So there you go. Great American Bash. You're right. That's what he is. <coughs> yeah. McAfee. He's a weird one for me, man. Well, I actually don't like his announcing at all. But I'd really enjoy him as like a wrestling um, like personality and presence. Like, I think he's good at wrestling, but I really dislike him as an announcer. I don't know if that's a normal take or not, but that's where I'm at. There you go. Yeah. Japanese influence. Um, this, too, they make sound. I think the pure rules thing of, ja- of outlawing punches is generally a good theme because then it means a rabbit punch really fucks the guys up. You can use it. You can use that example, Greshman, Deck, Draper, and RH. I agree. I'm actually a big proponent of it too. Um, you know, and you can kind of – you can get creative in that regard. I, I agree with you. The problem is Gresh – and look, I know people push back on the Gresham thing now. I get it. People like me were too loud about how good he is, but I believe it. Um – people underestimate the level of creativity and innovation he put into those pure rules matches, bro. They're hard matches. Like I'm telling you, they're, they're more difficult than people realize. I think I really do. Cause it's about more than just using the ropes or using the rules. It's about like actually placing things in a way that isn't like universe breaking, you know, he's very good at it or was very good. at. I guess I know terminus, he's not been successful as much, but I think they may have overcomplicated things slightly. I see an online critique. There's only three wrestlers everyone copies and everyone works the same. Eddie Guerrero, Brett and Sean, do you think that's the case? Um, I think there's a lot of like, honestly, just pillars in general. Um, I think Kawada was probably the league leader for a while there, maybe a decade ago in terms of influence. I think there's a lot of, you know, 90s all Japan influence, and it's not just Eddie Kingston's very loud with it. And I think so, honestly, I love Eddie. It was one of his worst, you know, kind of moments when he's going full, you know, let's recreate 1995. And I love him, but he's what he is. But I think he's not alone in that regard. I think there's a lot of that shit. And um, I say shit, not meaning it is shit. I mean, just, you know, talking kind of loosely as I do here. So I think that's the thing. I would say. It's hard because to me those guys cover like archetypes like you could compare anyone who's like theatrical and works like kind of a athletic pace to being Sean you can compare compare any kind of fundamental heavy technician to Brett you know and Eddie's kind of to me Eddie is like there's some Sean there in terms of the theatrics and how colorful he was this is maybe just me when I think Eddie I think of his fucking fire He's intensity, you know. Now, he was obviously more than that. And you can, you, when you think of Eddie, you may fit a different quality, but that's the way I always think of him. So he, to me, he's kind of different. If you look at Sean and Brett, they really just represent two contrasting um, ideologies, but they both work to more modern styles. So most guys will fall into one or the other just based on kind of the way wrestling is. You know, there's only so many ways to, uh, to pro wrestle at the end of the day. Kenta is actually a really good one. I like Shelly as like a under-radar one, Marafuji too. But, like, Kenta was one who I think has been copied for years. I mean, it's an obvious example, but I think even beyond that, I think it's a real thing. Swerve vs Nick Wayne at Progress talked to me. But I'm very excited about it. I love their first match. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's on YouTube from Defy. And um, it's excellent, absolutely excellent, so... Very excited for the sequel. Seeing it in person will be a lot of fun. Okay. Cody will 100% be at Great American Bash, right? Uh, I don't know, man. That show's, like, kind of lives in its own world, honestly. Yeah, I'm really hoping today's the day for Odd Dog. I really am. Funk's another big one. Steamboat, Flair. Flair's hard because, like, I definitely think people have stole his, like, his pace and the way he would, like, sequence his stuff, because that was kind of one of the things that old-timers hate about Flair. Like, he's he's reliant on those go-to sequences that guys use now. But the difference with Flair is he had, like, no offense at all, you know? Yeah, this is a lot of our audience. I actually think it's good we're doing Brett, because we're probably going to do it on SummerSlam week, and Brett, to me, is, like, the SummerSlam guy. I always think of him that way, so... Um. When Gresham faces Danielson, do you go Danielson, Gresham, will draw? I would do it in the first ring of shot do a draw. Personally. I know everyone hates the draws with Danielson. You've done two of them, but... I don't think there's a better way to introduce that brand on a national scale than that, you know? um, Yeah, he's horrible in that match. Too. He's genuinely a monster in that match. So, I'm intrigued if he plays it the same way. Or he's more like television star babyface and kind of... Ramsey up as he goes, because he's a monster the whole time of the final match. He's really great. I'm wondering if they're going to swerve to Bucks and Hangman's intro, to the trios titles. Can't do that until FTR rematch shortly. Yeah, I'd guess my assumption would be they'll introduce them after all out, but they could equally do the final all out, right? But the problem is, as you mentioned, the Bucks are then kind of out of the picture. So I agree with you. It feels like i are going to do that thing with Hangman, which your mileage may vary, but I think it's probably the right move. I do worry a little bit about old hangman. You know, I don't want him to just kind of fall back. It's, and not that he has. I don't, I haven't loved what they've done with him in the months since he lost the belt. I just think he has been kind of just there to me. But maybe the young bucks would be the character development he needs. It could eventually become a narrative if you can do it, Danielson, that he can't get the job done. Yeah, I, I don't even think they're saying to this too of like, he's a great technician, but he can't close the show. I think that could be interesting. Um, he's probably not necessarily the ideal point in his career to do it because he's so deep in, but it could still be good. All right. We have a question here. This is GrinnerCircle at gmail.com. Let me pull it up to me because I, my notes are, um, a shorthand here. All right, I look, it sort of went back and forth, and here we go. All right. Yes. GrinnerCircle gmail.com. You can send one now. Okay, here we go. This is from Josh, who says the following. Answer this whenever it makes sense to. I've decided it's now. But I'm interested. What do you think Grand Slam looks like this year? Now, the reason I decided it made sense now is because it is um, far enough away that we can kind of talk wildly about what it is. All right? So the first question is, CM Punk, because I believe that by September 20, whatever the hell, CM Punk will be the world's champion again, now, the reason I bring this up, is because I think there is an obvious match for CM Punk at r ash and it is literally in line with what we were just talking about with a certain American Dragon, my main event for r 4 would be Brian Danielson versus CM Punk for the world title. Maybe the biggest match they can do, one that's fitting for that venue, one that makes sense, I think, historically, considering where Danielson was at our last year and what a memorable moment that was. Um, that wasn't a title match, but let's be honest, it sure felt like the match in the promotion. So I immediately would set my story out with the main event of CM Punk, Bryan Danielson. Okay. Now, it's very difficult with some of the other belts because we don't necessarily know where they're going to be. So I said earlier that I think Rosa and and uh, Ruby could be the title match All Out. If so, it kind of feels like Ruby would have to win, right? She's lost so many big ones. I'm not sure she's going to. Um, it feels like that would be a good spot, a natural spot for, like, you know, a big-time Britt-Jamie-Stip uh, match. Again, Brit was the main event last year of Dynamite's portion. I think it'd be cool to do like a street fight with Jamie Hayter and Britt. That's kind of Brit's bag as a wrestler, honestly. Um, so I think that one's the very logical. And again, as Joe I didn't mention this because I'm a dumb fuck, but the reason Danielson makes sense, of course, is because he's a follow-up to to um, to the, the kind of presumed Moxley All Out. As again, this is based on what we assume the tournament will be. We don't know. That My guess is it'll be Moxley and Punk All Out. Obviously, if he's not back for that, then it'll be R fresh, But you do that all out, and then Danielson's an actual follow-up. Eddie's obviously interesting for R for Ash, and he's not big for Ellie. I, I liked last year for him because it was a cool moment, and he closed. but I think you can use him better in this thing, honestly. Um, he's over across the country, but this feels like a, a big opportunity. I'd be very tempted to do the Akiyama match here, to be honest with you. Um, it all depends where you're going. If you know that you're going to have him as world champion at the end of this year or in the start of next year, then you do. Then you don't have to like do anything crazy here. If he's not in any plans to be world champion, you should probably consider having him win a TNT or an All Atlantic or an IWGP US, which is a thing, by the way. I'm telling you guys, I warned you of this many months ago or about a month ago. Him and Osprey shot an angle on Strong. They're going to do that match at some point. So. There's, and it's a long way away at R fresh but I'm just talking things through here. But Eddie and Akiyama is the one that I would kind of look at as a kind of a cool novelty if I have something planned for Eddie after. But if Eddie's not planning for titles beyond this, I'd be very, very tempted to have him win something of note um, at R-Fresh. So he's someone you've got to counter in, you know, factor in here. Um, as for the TNT title I just mentioned, you'd assume Wardlow will be in the midst of a pretty dominant run. Right? So you want to have someone strong for him, so maybe like a um try to think of a good fit for that kind of role. You know, like a a Malachi would be interesting, right? Miro, whoever it may be. Samoa Joe putting over Ward like Arthur would be interesting, right? Um that stuff's, you know, kind of compelling options. I always think um that while it feels like he doesn't work there because he came in and did like the O and then just had to leave. He'll be back very shortly, obviously. I think Joe is more of a factor on these kind of shows than for real. I think he's a fucking big deal. Um, him putting over Wardlow would be a cool deal for Wardlow, I think. And I think they'd have a pretty cool eight minute match. So this is a good one. Claudio and Eddie is a is a logical one. I'm I'll be honest. I think we may have to be very patient with that situation. I think they're gonna go back to that in a long, long time. Because I think they want Claudio to be like a player on the babyface side. And having people choose between him and Eddie, I don't think they're comfortable doing that. Because the thing is, you can do that with Punk. Punk's different to Claudio, man. You know, like it's. I think Punk's so much more established and obviously a better promo. You can have them choose Eddie and Punk can get him back the next week. I'd be just worried about it with Claudio, to be honest with you. Um, this was something we'd talk about. MJF is a huge X factor for our fresh. Obviously, last year, wrestled Brian Pillman Jr., which started to hear that. But. I'm I'm intrigued by how this plays out. I'll be completely honest, you guys. I don't know if this will surprise any of you because I was consistent with my take on him. I think the Max is great, but I'll be totally real. I do not miss him on that show at all. You may miss him very much. I'm not saying you're wrong to. Uh, You know, this is not me doing retroactive, you know, bootlicking. I think you guys know that's not the case. I'm just being honest. I think. He affected the show's rhythm in a way that has actually been apparent even more since he left. Um, He was a contrast on the show, which is good, but I also think kind of muddied the waters in terms of identity. Just to be an honest with you, so I, um, I'm kind of in a weird spot with the MJF stuff. Where not only do I not really care, I don't. I'm not rushing to see him back on the show. And again, ain't me doing bootlicker stuff. I, I ain't on you know any promotion side of this thing. I, I hope dude gets paid. He deserves to be paid. I'm just as a fan, I have not missed him on the show. So there you go. Um, God, this is a great one. Julian Brian versus Mox and Kingston Revolution. There you go. Yeah, because you have to give it enough time, right, for the Combat Club to like be a thing first. You know, this is probably what the actual truth is. You needed cycled out for a while. He's been in Central Big Feuds for nearly two years. Needed a Not Only that they're very, you know, the feuds were repair if in that sense right they were one playbook and I think it showed I mean the last one was the best one he did to be clear he had a great year I'm not knocking him as a talent but yeah I, I do I can't pretend I'm missing his presence on TV um anyway Ash. so we over, uh, we talked some stuff through there didn't we kind of you'd assume that Statland will be the TBS champ by then hopefully um the heel side on the women's division is like a little weak so hopefully they've made some shifts so you can have a stronger match there I think you may be seeing a new debut in the women's division soon. Um, Probably very soon. So maybe that'll be a factor when we get to fresh. I don't know. The women's division is actually like, shoot, and I were talking about this when we were doing the depth chart thing. But If you actually look at the the lineup, the women's division is honestly deeper than you'd think. And the tag division is thinner. (laughs) Like, if I pull it up here, hang on a second. Um, Here we go. So, like, the fifth babyface tag team is Silver and Reynolds, who we all think, ain't, think highly of as them, but they are not like a thing, right? On the TV show. The fifth heel team is Butcher and the Blade, same story. On the woman's side, Athena is the fifth babyface, and Nyla is the fifth heel. Babyface is in the woman's vision, we go Rosa. Tony, Chris, Ruby, Athena, Shida, Riho. That's seven, dude. That's unbelievably good. Hillside, Jade, Britt, Serena, Jamie, Nyla, Mercedes, Ty Conte. Not as good, but it's pretty good. Ty Conte, I think, could actually be very good as a heel. I haven't really ever wrestled yet, but I think she can do it. So, I, I think that's kind of a... Another example of what a lot of people have complained about them was the vision. Like, the vision's actually quite good. We've talked about this before, but I do think it's very noticeable. Increasingly so, as the as the male side kind of weakens, right? Um, I agree with this too before we go. Well, all the injuries are bad, the shows have since felt very fresh since it's forced to TK to mix it up. I agree. I agree. And I actually think it's, while I don't want anyone to be hurt, I actually think there's something. Again, it sounds awful, but I'm. Bit, I think it's something exciting to seeing that kind of next man up thing play out. I think it's interesting. I just do so, you know, and I agree with this totally. Depth is strong. They need their ace. Um, hopefully, there's a an obvious answer to that that will become available. I'm not convinced, but we shall see. All right, folks. If you can do me a favour, it's now four o'clock here in Great Britain. It is eleven. A.M. Eastern. Let me check this here for a second before I go. Um, WrestlePurist.com. Yes, that piece of shit, Monty. Um, I have a match review on WrestlePurist.com. If you could do me a favor, go have a look at it. It's about the Usos and Street Profits. I'm pretty happy with it. It talks about the MASH's flaws in relative detail. But it also talks about why, for me, the, the positives outweigh the negatives and why I ultimately thought it was... Honestly, a great match. I love the match, even with its issues. Um, so that's over on WrestleMania. I'm really trying on the match review front. That's the next kind of string to the bow that I'm trying to add. Um, you know, once upon a time, I didn't think I could host. Average at that now. Didn't ever feel I could do solo shows. Pretty confident of that now. On the right-hand side, I've been kind of stagnant, you know, so I've doing a whole lot of editing. I want to do some match reviews and add those to the site. So Uso Street Profits on WrestlePiers.com now. I'm going to tweet the link in a second. Tonight we are back, seven pm Eastern, eight hours away. School of Wrestling, Lucha Volume One, which I think is going to be an absolute blast. I have nothing in terms of background knowledge, um, you know, so it it should be it should be a, a lot of fun. I think Bobby may be there too. So, all right. I hope you've enjoyed this, guys. I'll see you later. in the meantime. Enjoy this outro. Well.